Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today to have uh, superstar Connor Crompton, uh, teen bodybuilder on the podcast, uh, as only 20 years old, which is terrifying, makes you feel old. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's, it's, it's pleasure's mine. So, um, some of you guys will know Connor from my own social media, so my own YouTube channel and Instagram. Uh, Connor's a superb up and coming uh, young bodybuilder. He comes from a great background, he's got a lovely, lovely family, and he's got a wonderful story to his first year competing. So, um, we just wanted to discuss and share your journey today basically, how you first got into bodybuilding and the road to the first show and the sort of the trials and tribulations of the whole process. Yeah. Uh, now now you're at the other end of the tunnel as it were yeah totally so i think i think the journey first started really um probably back when i was in school um i started training and like weightlifting not really with the goal and purpose of stepping on stage but i think as most sort of teenage lads begin off they just sort of want like you know a nice set of arms and stuff like that and that was my that was my goal and just you know just to sort of add a bit of muscle onto my onto my physique and I was I was always that sort of typical um I wouldn't say skinny but I I I was never like well built um and playing rugby and sports at school I always wanted a little bit more size on me um, and also to look, you know, half decent when you, when you go away with your mates and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it started. Um, Do the dumbbell, dumbbell curls for the girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I remember, um, I'm sure my mate Harry's listening to this, but I remember, I don't know if you, you might know it, Charlie. Do you know Guildford Spectrum? Yeah, yeah, I know Guildford Spectrum. Yeah, so that was my, that was my first gym. That was your first um, haunt. Um, yeah, so that was my sort of like first uh my first sort of proper gym i went to and i remember i was like 15 and you had to well i was probably like nearly like 14 15 and you had to be 16 to go in like the sort of weight area so we always used to sneak in and um i remember literally every single session we used to start off with tricep pushdowns and then we did biceps and then like chest and we did that like every single session uh never trained back never trained legs um, and that's probably why to this day, my back's a slightly lagging body part because probably for the first year I had no structure, just went around the gym, like trying out all the machines. Um, never had a coach, never had a proper training program. So that was like my first like sort of six months of, of everything. And then I began just like obsessing over it. As soon as I saw like an element of growth. I just became like pretty obsessed with it. I was never like, I think the thing that held me back when I was younger was the nutrition because I didn't really understand um, like nutritional guidelines, nutritional timing, like calories, um, surpluses, deficits, etc. So I never knew any of that. Um, and, you know, it just started off pretty like bro sciencey, really. And then I just, you know, obsessed over it, taught myself quite a lot. And then I ended up um, at the Brilliant Physique Warehouse, which is kind of where everything became a little bit serious. Um, just being, you know, this, if, if there's anyone out there listening who's 
struggling with things, if you, you, you've just got to put yourself in a very good environment because at the end of the day, you're like a product of your environment. And I truly, truly believe in that. And I think... You've been listening to me because that's like my favourite saying. Is it? Yeah, I say it all the time. I might be. might be listening to you. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue with, like, health clubs and things like that. But, you know, if, you, if you're really wanting to take your physique to another level, it makes sense to put yourself in an environment where everyone else wants the same thing and, you know, the equipment's good, the atmosphere's good. You know, you training out of Kings and Muscleworks Orpington, probably two of the best gyms in the UK. Probably in, probably in Europe as well, to be fair. Yeah, especially you forget how, how fortunate you are. Yeah. Like, I've got like these two, two gyms within half an hour of me. Like I'm so fortunate to be able to get to training every day. You take it for granted, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah, totally. You go to other gyms, you know, like, this is just pony. Um, and like, I, I see stuff in like, so I was doing a lot of cardio before summer at Pure Gym in Epsom and I'd see people do things yeah. that literally would crush my soul. Yeah. Like that would demotivate me, just the environment of being in there because it's substandard. Yeah. Whereas if you surround yourself with excellence, you will become excellent. And the okay. same thing with like the people you train with, the coach you have, the better you, people you have around you, the more it will make you level up and become better in yourself. Yeah. Uh, which I think is what's happened with you and like how you've blossomed so much to use that term is where you've like surrounded yourself with people where by moving to a better gym, it's made you step yeah. your physique massively because you see the level and the intensity that other people train at and you think I can do that too. And it makes you step up. Um, so yeah, hundred percent agree with you on that. I think, um, I think a lot of people just diverting from the, my journey slightly, but in terms of like people, I think there's a lot of people who are very fixed in their ways and they want to know everything. And I think this, you know, the second you, you, you sort of admit or like just take on board that you don't know everything and you need to be like, as you've said in the past, like just be a student of the game. Yeah. She's just an open book. You just got to keep writing pages. Yeah, and you just like, if I've, I don't know, I, I wouldn't be in the position I would be now in terms of my physique development and other aspects of my life if I didn't, like, have an open mind. You know, it would be very easy for, like, someone my age or a little bit younger to just be very closed-minded and just not, like, open to new ideas. But I don't mind taking on, like, bored criticism and I don't mind listening to people. That's why I've got a, an awesome coach, um, AJ Morris, if if he's listening, um, he's <clears> probably, he's probably one of the best, um, like the biggest sort of leap I've had combined of, you know, speaking to knowledgeable people like yourself and you've just got to have like a completely open mind because if you're, if you're closed off, you're, you're just holding yourself back. So, um, yeah, that's my take on that sort of stuff. And one thing I say as well with you is like your, you're intelligent enough to interpret stuff correctly and that you'll take things on board the way you feel you should interpret them for your body. Because like, even with all the correct information in the world, everyone's biomechanics, say specifically with training are very different. So some movements might not work particularly well for you and you need to be aware mm -hmm. of it. Like don't just do something for the sake of it if it doesn't feel quite right. And I know having trained with you that you're well aware of what yeah. works and what doesn't and what you need to focus on. Totally. It's like, um, I think, I think Mike actually got a question yesterday. I saw it on his Instagram and it was like, what's the best 
what's the best exercise for like a pump or like muscle growth. It was something along the, along the lines of that. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's what works for you. I think the days of squat benching and deadlifting is, has, has long gone. A sunset's gone. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if someone says, if someone said to you, what's the best, what's the best leg exercise for, um, someone who's like five foot, six you know it, it might possibly be a barbell squat but for me and you I know like you know both of us are relatively tall and we have quite long legs tall and kindly. So, yeah so like for me and you doing a barbell squat is probably not the best idea yeah so, so it's gonna be a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of lower back and a lot of glute probably yeah take like as we as we learn on um the m10 seminar you know transitioning into something a bit more um even safer but is probably going to create a lot more pain and a lot more muscular growth is probably something like a hack squat or a leg press um, think, um just just refreshing back because no one would have probably have been there who's listening to this i think what connor's referring to is when mark coles got me up at the front of the uh seminar got me to do a body weight squat and was like you should never ever do a squat because your mechanics yeah. are poor for it that it's just a it's um, a bit of a shit show to be fair yeah. Like when I was younger, I was like trying to do like I remember doing like one minute maxes of like two forty and stupid things like that. Like you get away with it back then, but eventually yeah. your soft tissue is going to go, and you have to be more educated than that. Unfortunately, I'm now informed enough to understand that like you have to use your brain, not just your iron will, as it were. Yeah, totally. I remember. Yeah, when I was at, I remember training legs once at physique, and I I think you were standing behind me once, and I was doing. I was doing barbell squats and when I was like 17, I could, I could do like 180 for like two, like something like something ridiculous. I probably struggled to do like 120 now, but my legs are probably double the size. So that kind of, that kind of shows you it's not all about, you know, it's not all about throwing about the weight and the strength. On barbell yeah. yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, with your, obviously, your progression, you progressed very quickly when you went into, obviously, a better gym in terms of environment. What was the pivotal moment for you that then made you think, okay, I fancy having a crack at competing? Um, was there a trigger point? Or was there always something in the back of your mind you wanted to do, but you were just maybe concerned what other people's opinions would be or judgment or, like, your parents? or? I think, I think the only... The only time I've ever struggled with something that is like where I've worried about other people's opinions. So I've never worried about stepping on stage and like people thinking like, oh, like what's this guy doing? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm probably one of the, uh, you know, there's not like, especially with me being at university, um, you know, there's not many people like, surrounded me in my in my personal environment that do like compete as a as a competitive bodybuilder <clears throat> excuse me um and you know that that can be quite a struggle um <clears throat> sorry mate um sure. you know that can be quite a struggle um but i think the only time i've really sort of been held back by what other people think is when, when I first started my Instagram page, um, I was like, you know, like 14, 15. Um, yeah. And like, you know, obviously when you're like 14, 15 posting like topless, like 
physique photos and progress photos and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's not really normal. Nowadays, you know, everyone... Everyone's trying, trying to jump on the bandwagon. I can. Everyone has a um, everyone has a fitness page. Everyone has you know gym pages and stuff like that. And I'm not saying for a second that like I was like one of the first to have a fitness page because I wasn't. But like just when I was my age, it wasn't particularly common to have one. Um, and I think out of everyone like we knew in my school and stuff like that, I was like the only only one to really have one. So. I got a little bit of stick for that. Um, nothing said anymore about it. They've all shut up now. <laughs> the funny um, thing is, everyone everyone did the same thing to me. So, like back in the day, everyone was like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you posting these photos? This is inappropriate." What yeah. you achieve? And then, like the funny irony is, like three years later, like how have you done this? And it's like totally. They all um they all come back crawling in the DMs asking for a workout plan. <laughs> yeah very true there's nothing funny when they sign up as clients as well that's more amusing yeah <laughs> but we, di- yeah. we digress but back to your journey yeah um and then in terms of competing i mean i've always i've been a huge fan of like you know just like big youtubers watching their sort of show day videos and um you know watching pumping iron and things like that I don't actually, I don't really think there was a, a, a turning point when I was like, I'm going to do it. But one thing was, I remember when I was like, sort of like 16, maybe 17, I was like, do you know what, next summer I'm going to, I'm going to step on stage. And then it got to the next summer and I was like, okay, next summer I'm going to do it. And that went on for like a good, like three years. And then last summer I was finally like, right in, you know, September time, I'm going to, um, put an inquiry in with with AJ and um, help him get me get me set up. And you know, if there's anyone like listening out there who's ever set a goal to be like just happy with their body, you know, it, it, you'll get to a point where you're you're kind of possibly satisfied. But if you're really striving for the for the next level, you're never really going to be in in a position where you're like, right, I'm ready. And that's why it took yeah, me ready. like a good, a good like sort of three years to really say to myself, right, I'm going to do it because I was just, I was petrified on getting on stage and just not having enough muscle. Um, but I think, I think every guy in the whole fitness industry has that. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> never have enough muscle. And it's the same thing. People have the fear of taking action. Like you just have to go out and do these things because yeah. you don't do them you don't know what the end result will be. And like, that's the biggest thing that people are afraid of taking action and actually going to go and make things happen. And you just yeah. need to step up and literally just like the most difficult thing would probably be for you reaching out to a coach and to AJ and being like, help me, I want to work with you. That was yeah. probably the biggest step for you, I guess. Was yeah. that, like, yeah. put that email and be like, hi AJ, I want to work with you. Or like, that's the biggest step people have with me is that first touch point of reaching out and asking for help. Because that's yeah. often not an easy thing to do, and a lot of people sometimes struggle with that. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, especially with the typical sort of, I don't know, alpha male. It's kind of it's difficult to just say like I need help, um, you know, when like when in really when in reality, a lot of people just need that guidance, and you learn you'll learn a, a you learn so much during the process of it whether you know it's a mentor it's a coach a physique coach it doesn't matter you're going to learn you're going to learn so much this 
you know, this past year combined with like coaching and what I've learned through the process of it and what I've been able to transition from what I've learned from my coaching experience to take it over to helping other people combined with also like going to uni and studying what I love. Like I've probably learned more in these past like eight months than I have in probably my whole entire life, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, to give you something similar, I've probably in the last, I qualified as a PT 10, 11 years ago, which is terrifying. I probably learned more in the last 12 months than the previous 10 years. Yeah. PT um, courses are interesting. Yeah. So it's basically turn up, get your certificate off you go, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, state of affairs. So, but that's the reality with that one. Now, with your um, obviously moving into your prep, what was the most difficult part of that you found? Because obviously you dieted for quite a long period of time. Yeah, um, I mean, my contest prep was probably it was verging on nearly eight months, nine months, something along the lines of that. Um, I started in I started in October time, and my last show was on. I believe it was on June like 26th, 23rd, something along, yeah, something along the lines of that, June 23rd, 26th, around that date. Um, so, you know, obviously a long time dieting. Um, the reason for that was we wanted to take me down nice and slowly. Um, obviously not being a, like a hugely well-muscled person, we needed to take me down slowly. Um, body fat levels were pretty high. They weren't like, they weren't, just they weren't in like a, a bad place but I was I was p- pretty fluffy um I was probably like ni- like 95 kilos um at the age of like 18 and in like not the best condition but to put it in perspective I was on stage at 78 kilos so like a, a pretty nice drop there um not all of the contest prep was obviously in a deficit the last six weeks of my contest prep, we actually reverse dieted. So I ended up um, in the last two weeks of my of my contest prep, at nearly like 500 grams of carbs a day with like 50 fat, like 200 proteins. So we finished it pretty high, um, but there were some pretty low points in terms of getting the calories low because that's just what we had to do in order to get in the shape I was in. We went down to I sort of refrain on always like speaking about calories because I think sometimes people try and they don't copy your calories, but just to like put a disclaimer out there, like this was <laughs> don't, don't do it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was for my body, but we went down to one thousand five hundred for I think it was just under two weeks. That was the sort of the hardest, the hardest two weeks in my life in terms of dieting. What point of the show? What point of the prep was that? Um, that was probably, that was in between body power and my first bodybuilding one. So that was probably like beginning of June, like end, like sort of end of May. And what was that? Did you just drop basically to pretty much zero, very low carb and what it was, it was my fat went down to, my fat went to down to like 35. My protein was at like 180 and the rest was carbs like 150 carbs, something like that. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty low then, to be fair. Yeah. And then steps were like 15K. 
Um, if anyone wants to know some dedication, Connor bought a treadmill put in his uh, bedroom. So yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's got a bit of dust on it. Yeah, we won't be using that much. Imagine your off season. No, I haven't, I haven't stepped on it since. <laughs> Probably got a love hate relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've spent um, I've spent some time on that. Now, um, obviously, moving in from the prep into the first show. Like I was there for your first shirt body power. That was a pretty awesome experience. And like yeah. one of the nicest things I've ever seen is um, being smart on my face, seeing you come off the stage with like, your sister and your family. Uh, yeah. So nice. We bumped into your, you and your dad on the way up there as well. As we're all bodybuilders meet at Starbucks. Um, I had a bit of a laugh up there. So your dad's a top guy. And like the support and like love from your family to use it is an incredible thing to see. And I think that's obviously part of the reason why you flourish so well, but um, how did you find the experience of the first show and the first time on stage? I loved it. Um, it was, yeah, like going back to the support network, I just, you know, people, people, I've done a post on it before, but people think, I think people think bodybuilding is probably the most like solo selfish sport out there. And it probably is to be honest. But if you've got a really, really good support network, whether that's like friends or family or your coach or like even people that follow you on social media, like that does help. And if you've got a really like nice combination of those things combined with like a lot of dedication, you know, I think like, I think quite a lot of people would be able to do it, but you know, some people just aren't fortunate enough to have that support network and the support network is, is vital. Um, and I certainly like, I can say this, like guaranteed if I didn't have my support network, like my friends and family, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So like just being on stage and when you can see your friends and family, like, like at the back of the stage where they were sitting is like, is I just can't describe it. It's like an indescribable feeling when you're up there because if you do a long prep, it doesn't really matter how long the prep is, but it's kind of like exaggerated when the prep's slightly longer, but when you're up there and you know, you've put that amount of days and hours and just like pure graft in to be on that, be on that stage. And you know, you deserve to be on that stage. That feeling is just like incredible. So I think the best part of like, it was obviously my first show. So everything was pretty overwhelming. Um, but like the best part was just like, spending the day at body power with like all my friends, family and you guys. So that was probably like the highlight. And then, <clears throat> and then just like being on stage is just basically at the back of body power, just before you go on the stage is like a big ramp and you're like queuing up to go on the ramp. And I was, I was bricking it. <laughs> Here's a question for you. The first, like the first time I competed, I remember walking out, looking at the crowd and thinking like, it felt like the biggest adrenaline rush. Yeah. Shot. Adrenaline hit me. I was like, fuck. Like, I didn't like, hear anything. Yeah, literally, like, I've never felt anything like it. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. Yeah, it's um, like, I've, ne I've never done this, but I don't know if you've been skydiving, Charlie, but no, no. When, I was, when I was going up the ramp, I honestly felt like I was about to, like, jump out of an airplane. That's how I felt. Like, my heart was going. Um, I was like, why on earth am I doing this? <laughs> And I was just like, it just got to that point and like everything, like the past like six, seven months behind me had just like gone as a blur and now I'm standing on the stage and I went around the corner and I just saw everyone. I was like, this is cool. And then I just hit my first quarter turn and then, and then like all the nerves went and it was just, 
it was just good fun. Um, and obviously, I knew I knew a few boys who were competing there, which was which was nice. Um, and it was like nice to have that sort of first introduction into competing, and it was a really really good first experience. Um, so yeah, it was a good day. And obviously, after that show, you went on and you did two more, wasn't it? Yeah, two more. Um, both with the UK DFBA, which is the um, UK Drug Free Bodybuilding Association, um, which is a really, really good federation. Um, I competed in their first qualifier. I came third in that, so I got a top three in that, which I was over the moon with. Um, and then, so I qualified for the British finals, which were in October. I'm not doing them um, for like various reasons. But, and then I did a second one in Scotland with the same federation. I didn't place in that one, um, but it was, you know, it was a stacked lineup. The boys were very, very good. And I'm like one of the youngest juniors. So I've just missed out. I've basically missed out on like, just like sort of four or five months missing out on a teen class um, because I just turned 19 before I competed. Um, sorry, I just turned 20 just before I competed. Um, so I can't compete in the teen class. So I'm like one of the youngest juniors, but I've still got like three years left in the junior class, um, which is very interesting. So gives you time, time, to, time to grow into it then. Yeah. Time to, not time to grow into it. So potentially in the future, there may be, there may be scope and room for having another crack at it, but we'll have to see. No worries. So what's the initial plan now? Just keep, keep slowly growing, enjoying life a bit more. What was your favorite thing now post-show not being locked into like quite as much regiment? Um, obviously like food's quite a big one. <laughs> You're going to say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Food's quite a big one. Um, which obviously like goes without saying. Um, but it's just, there's things on prep that you can't fully enjoy. And when you're dieting, you just, you just can't fully enjoy them without like stressing over them. Like going out for a meal is a ball ache. Is a ball ache. You have to bring it. Like I always used to bring my meals with me. If we'd go out to, I don't know, go out to London for the day and do something that would be like, that would be like going on a, like a four month holiday for me. I'd have to like prep everything. I'd have to bring all my meals. It would just be like pretty stressful. Um, but like, it's just nice to just be back to normal and just enjoy like the normal things, um, which you just, you honestly just can't enjoy whilst you're on prep. You know, you need to have a balance when, when you're on a contest prep and it is possible to have balance. But when you're really digging for like next level condition and next level muscularity, it's pretty difficult to do anything outside of your gym, your cardio, your nutrition, your steps. And then you only really have time for like chilling out, which is what's yeah. needed. Other than that, you just don't, you don't really want to do anything else, to be honest. Um, but if I didn't, like that's what I enjoyed when I was doing it. I like just generally enjoyed doing that. And if I didn't, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't do it. And I think, you know, it comes down to why, like, why are you competing? Why do you want to do it? And if your like reasons are, you know, pretty set in stone and you have like good morals and a good sort of ethics behind why you're competing, I think 
I think it will be a lot easier. But if you're competing for, I don't know, likes or Instagram or like a following or something like that, I think you're going to struggle. No, I, I entirely agree. I entirely agree. Now, obviously, Colin, we've, uh, you popped something on your story. It's a bit of a Q&A from some of your most avid followers. So should we have a run through some of your questions? Yeah. Um, What's that first? Okay, the first question is top three tips whilst dieting. Ooh. Uh, you go first on these. Okay, if you do your three and I'll do my three. Okay. Um, I would say put yourself in a position where you have to make very little decisions. So what I mean by that is... Similar to what I was going to say. I'd say, you know, give yourself either like a meal plan or like some set structure because, you know, if you're getting home late from work or late home from the gym, you don't want to be like going through the fridge and thinking like, oh, what can I make? It's nice to just be able to get home and be like, okay, I've got 250 grams of rice and some chicken. Like that is so much easier. You have to make zero decisions. So I'd say just put yourself in a position where you have to make zero decisions and your like emotional attachment to food doesn't isn't the driver of what you want to eat um so yeah just put yourself in a position where you have to make zero choices um my next tip would probably be like something like food volume so um go for like more voluminous foods you're, you're a master of the oats it's this yeah. oat making me going on in your instagram yeah it was yeah, I basically just try to find out ways how to make like 50 grams of oats look like 100 grams of oats. So um, yeah, like oats are obviously quite a good a good way of um, like filling your stomach up a little bit. Um, like I remember, I remember post show, AJ said to me, "Just go home and eat and eat as many oats as you can because." Trust me, try and get through like a huge, huge bowl of oats. When I mean a huge bowl of oats, I mean like probably like 200 grams of oats. You won't be able to get through it and then you'll just be completely full and then you'll just go to sleep. So that's a good way of stopping like post-show binging. <laughs> try and get through ridiculous amounts of oats. Um, but yeah, like go for more volume. Have some like green veggies with each meal. Um, like choose food choices that are just generally more voluminous. So... I remember couscous was like a huge one for me. Um, you can get these like packs of couscous in like most um, most supermarkets that they are quite high in sodium, but like two packs is only like 50 grams of carbs and you get a lot for your, you get a lot of bang for your buck really um, in terms of food volume. And then my last one is probably um, just eat foods you enjoy because if you enjoy it, don't enjoy it too much because if you enjoy it too much, you're probably going to want more of it. Um, I remember at the end of my prep, I tried to make foods slightly less more pal palatable because I remember like finishing my oats and they'd be like, I don't know, they'd have like some dark chocolate in there or banana and then I'd want more of it. But if I just did plain oats with some like cinnamon, I wouldn't really... Um, get your I cravings as much. Yeah. So those are probably my top three tips. That's awesome. So for me, I would go for uh, plan ahead for the week. So like schedule your training, your cardio, everything around your work and your lifestyle and whatever social events you have. I think being organized with a structure with everything like that will make yeah. it a lot easier and then don't stress about things. 
Um, I think that's one of the biggest benefits you can take from the fitness lifestyles, the organizational skills you take from that. You can then carry over into everyday life. I think they're very beneficial for you. Um, my second point would be to stay hydrated because a lot of people often mistake hunger for actually being dehydrated. So I would yeah. ensure that you're taking in enough fluid. Um, I'm a big fan of using a little bit of sugar-free squash now and then as well. If that almost crave it, kill a bit of cravings. Yeah. Um, and my third one would be to bump up the uh, green veg again, similar to what Connor was saying in terms of like voluminous. So like I'm a big fan of like grilled aubergine and things like that in the oven. Um, like there's a bit of mushrooms, like there's barely any calories in it. And like just the thought of just chewing and eating more makes you think you're fuller and you don't want to eat as much. Um, or something like sauerkraut, for example, is very low in calories. It's like 18 calories for hundred grams. It's very good for digestion. You can keep it in the fridge in a jar. And if you're like inclined to snack, have like a bit of that and then it, like just having something sometimes to eat can sometimes kill off the cravings a little bit. Totally. Yep. Uh, next question. Um, got two really good ones here. So how much cardio is too much? We'll get, start with that one. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Uh, it depends would be the answer, but, um, Initially, I would always try to keep cardio as far away from weight training as possible. So ideally, I would try to like do cardio faster in the morning and use the morning as like a fat burning zone and then weight train later in the day with some carbs around that and use that as an anabolic zone as almost to retain and build muscle tissue and put, push calories and carbohydrates into the muscle cells. Yeah. Um, that would be my take and input in terms of that. I, where to start? You want to start with the least amount of cardio as possible. And then if fat loss is stalling, I'd then incrementally increase. So maybe start doing, say, for example, 30 minutes fast four times a week. Then maybe go up to do that daily 30 minutes. Then maybe take up to 45 minutes. And then maybe you could start looking to add a little bit in post-workout. Um, that would generally be how I would look to work with most people. I'd probably implement cardio on non-weight training days from the start as well. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are. Um, so how much cardio is too much? I would say... Like to actually like just go straight for the answer, I'd probably say too much cardio is when the cardio starts to impact like okay. your actual weight training. Um, you know, if you're doing if you're doing like an hour and a half of stair like the stairmaster, like every morning just before you go and train, you go and train, especially leg training. I think if you're doing like ridiculous amounts of stairmaster, for example that's going to start impacting your leg training. Um, and then, you know, in addition to that, you know, your legs are going to be battered. You're probably not going to be doing your steps as efficiently and things like that. And it's just going to be, it's just going to be a downward spiral. So I'd say too much cardio is when it starts to impact, um, you know, other aspects of your sort of nutrition and training and uh, recovery sort of standpoint. I would agree entirely. I would agree. What's the next question then? Um, best gym you've ever visited? Oh, 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 that's an easy one. Banus Gym in Dubai. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was very jealous when I saw that. Have you been there? No, I haven't actually. I've been to. I've been to Dubai. Um, I've been to Train and Strength. Oh, tra uh, Train and Seth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I've, been there. I've trained there. If you, I put, to be fair, that's probably second on the list. It's got um, that's, that is a very good gym. Is it the one with like the, it's got the kitchen and the shop in there? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got like a massive plasma screen at the back. That's quite cool. 
Um, yeah, that's a good gym. Um, my best gym I've ever trained in, probably for like the atmosphere, probably Golds. Um, See, I've heard a lot of people say that it's like not what used to be there, but I don't know if that's just people being negative. I mean, obviously, I've never like, I've only been there once and I wasn't like, unfortunately, I wasn't a bodybuilder back in the 80s, which is probably like... It's <laughs> you were alive back in the 80s. I was, I was alive <laughs> for 13 days. I could be an 80s um, bodybuilder. Yeah, but like probably like for the the whole like history of it, that was a pretty good gym. Um, it's a tough question though. It's a tough question. There's always like places. I honestly think Kings. You can't beat the atmosphere. I think it's the best gym in the world for atmosphere. Yeah, the music's pretty banging and it kicks off pretty well in there in that respect. Yeah, but, um, they've also got some new equipment in there now, which is which is I've seen. I've seen. I used one of the shoulder presses yesterday. It's pretty banging, to be fair. So, I um I am fairly impressed. I'm a big muscle works fan, though, to be fair. It's all um it's all Strive kit, isn't it? The new it's stuff. Strive and Arsenal strength. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's very very good. So I would highly recommend anyone to go and have a look at it. That and yeah, uh, probably um yeah. To be fair, the the gym you went to in Dubai looks amazing. So that's got to be that's got to be up there. Um, I also really want to go to Flex and Tone in Manchester. That looks insane. Um, like proper old school. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say I'd probably say Golds for the sort of the history and things like that. And that's pretty cool. Good question. Um, what's up next? Um, if you didn't lift, what other sport would you have taken up? Uh, for me, I was a, I was, I am a qualified ski instructor, so I'd love to have done something with that. Would probably have been my uh, dream. Uh, yourself? Um, I'd say my dream job, if it couldn't be like within fitness in terms of like taking up a sport, it's never been something I was into, but I think my dream would be to be like an F1 driver. That would be pretty sick. Um but like in terms of actual sports, like, like I realistically could have taken up. I used to play rugby a little bit. Um, I loved rugby. Um, and then, but to be honest, like my passion for my passion for like weight training just overtook like overtook rugby. So I think that's why I stopped it. But um, yeah, probably rugby to be honest. Hmm. Very. I thought you might have said that to be fair. I remember when I first met you, you came from a rugby background from school. Yeah, yeah, I used to play it a lot at school, so that's where it came from. Cool. Uh, any more questions? Yeah, there's one more I've picked out. It's what's your biggest goals? It's probably quite a quite a um, open question, but yeah, what are your biggest goals at the moment? Uh, you go for yours, and I'll finish with mine. Okay. Um, I would say right now um just to get in a position where i'm like healthy again um since like my contest prep um just get in a position where i'm like really maximizing everything really like just taking on board um how my body feels making sure recovery is on point making sure sleep's on point um just trying to like master everything um, just like every every day, just trying to improve um, a little bit on everything. So that's probably my biggest goal at the moment. Um, but long term, just get 
just get really, really strong. To be honest, just get really, really strong over the next um, the next year, um, and then we'll probably my goal from there will probably be just drop down a little bit and then push back up. So those are the goals at the moment. Yourself. Uh, my goals are to try and transform as many people's physiques and lives as I can, educate them on health and wellness, try and add some value to their lives would be my general goal. Um, my personal goals included on top of that are to uh, build a world-class physique and learn as much as I physically can, which um, is a work in progress, and start a family at some point, hopefully, and then live a happy and prosperous, positive life, So, and push out positive energy into the world. So, yeah. like, I'm just, I hate anything to do with negativity, anything like that. So anyone negative, anything negative gets cut out and I don't want, I basically don't want to know. So, uh, that's pretty much my thought process and goal of where I'm at to be fair. Sounds like, that sounds like the dream. Yeah. It's getting there. It's getting there. Work in progress as is life. So as we've already said, like the first mistake anyone ever makes is that they think they know everything. Uh, absolute pleasure to have Connor on the podcast. Uh, where can people find out about you, Connor? Um, my Instagram is CWC underscore fitness and my YouTube's, um, CWC underscore fitness as well. Um, and those are probably my two biggest, my two biggest platforms in terms of social media. So, um, yeah, any, any follows, any comments, subscriptions, stuff like that mean the absolute world. Um, and just thank you for all the support. Awesome. Our right, pleasure to have you on Connor and no doubt we shall train and see each other soon. Very soon, mate. Cheers. Right, Thanks for having me. Bye.